0: Okay, and welcome to today's episode of The Visible Workplace. My name is Tom Rowley and I am joined by the wonderful Annabelle for today's episode. Annabelle, how are you going?
1: I'm great, Tom. Um, we've had three magnificent episodes so far. I hope I hope all the listeners are, are getting so much out of this. I am actually getting a lot out of this experience. Uh, we've always talked a lot and Uh, Our conversations have always been very thought-provoking, or we think they are anyway, and I'm just really enjoying this this process with you.
0: Absolutely. I mean, just touching on that briefly, I think the initial conversations were back in the days of you were in Tulsa in Oklahoma and I'm in Australia and we were asynchronously speaking, sending messages on, on Voxer. Uh, and then we had some problems on Voxer and that pivoted across the signal, but it's been, I don't know, maybe what, 10, 12 years, something like that. When were you well, last in Tulsa?
1: in Tulsa in 2007.
0: Okay. So we're looking for so, more, more yeah, like, lot, uh, a
1: lot longer. Yeah. A lot
0: longer. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we've so, been having conversations and, um, they've really touched on all sorts of topics. Uh, so but now we find ourselves, you know, well, I'm a psychologist, we're very different. I'm in a very different place than I was back when I was a student at, at Tulsa on a college golf scholarship. But, you know, we've always just had this connection with talking things through, which I I, I personally am very grateful for because it's, it's like having, you know, a little support person in your pocket.
0: <laughs> I love that. The support person in your pocket. Yeah, like, I mean, that's the miracle of modern technology, truly, that being able to reach out and say, hey, what do you think? What's going on? Getting a different perspective. And maybe that's the answer we are looking for. Maybe not. Maybe that's just a clue. But having the relationship when we are separated, you're now in Sydney. I'm up here in broken head. We're still not able to be physically located. And yet here we are. Discussing the visible workplace—it's pretty cool.
1: I think it's it's extremely cool, and uh, yeah, we're lucky to to have this opportunity. Lucky to have each other because um, yeah, it's just a, a big part of our lives, and uh, there's a lot of personal growth from doing something like this. So, very much enjoying this this journey. Uh, looking forward to hearing all of your thoughts on negative thinking patterns and. You know why they creep in. Uh, You know what comes to mind with me and and my past has been things like fear of failure, um, lack of clear goals or direction, um, feeling a lack of appreciation in a in a workplace. All of these things can rock someone. Um, So you know, or it could be personal issues that sort of flow into a workplace. We've touched on that in a previous episode. But there's a multitude of reasons why negative thinking patterns occur. Um, And also, I suppose I'd like to, um, you know, talk about from a psychological perspective, you know, we know that humans have an automatic negative thinking bias. So that essentially means that our positive thoughts are going to be outweighed by negative thoughts. So that's on on a, you know, a stress free or, you know, sort of when there's nothing really Pushing, pushing the boundaries or pushing the limits. So throw into the mix a stressful workplace and you can imagine how there could be a loop that starts to develop with uh, autom- negative automatic thoughts. You know, and obviously in psychology there's cognitive behavioural therapy for that, but, you know, let's, I suppose, bring it into bring it more specifically um, into the workplace and, you know, I suppose, talk in and around that, Tom.
0: Well, I mean, you say the topic for today, obviously, is negative thinking. And during the week between our episodes, I was actually considering why is it valuable to have a psychologist and a doctor even talk about these problems? And what I was thinking was that psychologists are commonly dealing with problems that are occurring in the workplace. And then when they get really bad, and it goes disastrously wrong, then they show up in my office. So both of us are having these experiences of people struggling with issues at work. Now, negative thinking, it's very interesting because to me in med school, we didn't talk much about a bias towards negative thinking that is not was not at least in the curriculum when I went through. And yet these thoughts, these difficulties I think most people will have had a challenge with this. The doubt that comes up, the questioning. And I remember in one of the trainings that I recently went to, they did a specific exercise where they said, what would be possible if you just let go of the fear and you let go of the doubt? Mm. And imagine that everything was going to work. Everything was going to work out just fine. You'll be fully supported. What would be possible for you? And mm-hmm. just the ability to take that negative thoughts. Oh, what about this? What about that? What about what about? And instead, just put that to the side and allow it to go, OK, well, what would be possible? This was mm-hmm. a quite a challenging experience, and it probably represents that almost ingrained belief of things will go wrong or I'm, I'm doubting myself. I'm doubting myself. These almost voices from the subconscious that most of us will have experience with. And they're greatly limiting to what's possible in life.
1: Mm -hmm. So in that exercise that you did, uh, you know, tell me a little bit more about that process. I'm really curious to know... How did it make you feel when you were able to let go of negative thinking or what's the worst case here or black and white thinking, this is bad, um, you know, negative experiences and, and, and having a negative view on things? Well, first of all, were you able to do it? And secondly, what was the outcome if you were? And, and when would you put that sort of strategy into place? What was the tell me more about the situation?
0: Okay, so the context of all of this was basically planning for 2024. We're currently in 2024. This process was run in December 23. Having a look at where I was in my life, what had happened through 23 and then setting the 12 month goals. I think a 12 month goal is pretty common. Many people will set a 12 month goal. Some will use quarterly, some will use like maybe a five year or 10 year, but they're so big and so far away that it's very hard to keep it real in terms of what what I even think is possible. But 12 months, it's long enough to get some stuff done but it is short enough to believe that, yeah, I could actually reach that. We hopefully will both see 1st of January 2025. And so mm-hmm. it was an experience of say, OK, well, where do I want to be on that day, January 2025? Now, when you, when I first go into it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's almost a constriction or a limitation about what I'm willing to say, hey, I want that, or I could get that, or I believe that this would be possible. And so even with the suggestion to let it go, it's still hard to let go fully and just have a perfectly plain, clear experience. But the whole thing is set up to take that opportunity and then it's almost a meditation. It is a meditation. It's a connection to, a future reality that could be, and then allowing that in, almost like I'm going to take off a filter of negative thoughts and see what's possible. And then from there go, oh, wow, okay. And ideally, it's not ridiculous, like fantasy. I'm going to make a billion dollars next year. I mean, that's clearly ridiculous unless you happen to be making a lot of money already. You've got teams, you've got, and it's like, okay, I made six hundred million. I'm going to go for a billion. But for me, I didn't make that much money, anywhere near that. I think I made like seventy five k, hundred k, something like that. Seventy five for twenty twenty three. And so to go for a billion dollars is, is clearly ridiculous. But to set a target where it's like, OK, I want to have in my pocket 300K, that maybe even was a limited number. But that's what came during this. And that is a big expansion. These these jumps from 100 to 300 to 500 to a million and million dollars a year, like a lot of people. Like, it's almost become in our society, no, well, a a million's not enough. I want to be a billionaire. But really, a million dollars for many people is truly life-changing. My reality at having made that much money is very different to my reality at 100. But allowing the possibility for that, like, people just don't even show up. They're like... I'm, I, they bought the thing, bought the experience, and then didn't come. Or they bail out uh, at day two. And they're like, this to me is allowing those negative thoughts to come through. And they're stronger. And they allow them to get to believe them, even though they're not really essentially true. They're not, they're, they're a possible truth. But it's only a possibility, it's not the complete truth. the other another reality is possible that, hey, I, I could become this.
1: so so it's a stretch. But what's resonating for me? Like we're looking ideally for a stretch. So if you're making five hundred thousand, uh, a good goal would be to make seven fifty or a million. That's it's a stretch, but it's not out of the realm of possibility or it's not a grandiose idea. So there's that which makes total sense but what's really resonating for me in particular when you talk about these limitations and how people are so fixed in their mindset I know for sure because I've spoken to a lot of people being a psychologist but also just you know in my golf days my media days I speak to people about their goals all the time. This is largely because uh, I have I have achieved quite a few things, and people often ask me about how I have done that. And what I notice in the process of telling them that I I I I vocalise, I think about my goals, I vocalise them, and in that process, and yes, they're they're within reach, a stretch, but within reach. In that process, there's this wonderful ownership and this wonderful confidence and it's like the opposite to negative automatic thoughts it's I'm expressing and I'm putting it out there that I can do something I can reach that goal I can become a professional golfer I can I can get be a host on golf channel I can become a psychologist there's something in the process of voicing it and what most people won't do is is voice those goals. They don't want to talk about it. They deep down believe that they're not capable, and and they're they they're essentially stuck right there and then. Uh, you know, I remember I got my first uh, job. Uh, it's a, called a professional year, so I'm not quite a professional golfer yet. I have to go and work at a golf club and and complete various assignments and play golf to a certain standard each week in tournaments. And I I I got this job. At, at rural sydney and in, in australia Royal sydney is you know one of the top if not the top job in the country and other golfers asked me how how did you get that job and they were very very shocked at well i contacted them and i asked them for it i said this is where i want to work and they they made a position for me the position was created so it's sort of, you know, there's a, a reluctance, I think, with people, a, a lack of just voicing what do they want. That, that goal setting is so important. And be brave enough to say what you want.
0: Well, what, I mean, let's take that example of the, of the Sydney um, golf course job. Now, other people may have had that goal or had that desire But one, they had to own it and say, well, I would love to work at Royal Sydney. That'd be a dream job for me. And then secondly, even if they could get to that that dream goal, they actually need to take the action action. to do it. And what is very, very clear to me is there's a risk that you're taking by contacting Royal Sydney. They might say no. They might say, sorry, no. The fact that they didn't have a job and they created one for you is truly fascinating. It's like, we actually didn't have a job, but we really like you. We're going to create this rather than a a fixed, hey, we have three roles and they're full and therefore nothing. But with that action that you took, calling them, speaking to them, I presume you had to interview, they create the job. And then suddenly what was a dream or a vision is now your reality. But it's scary. And, and then
1: there's one other component there that I think needs mentioning. You know, I, I could, my resume could just be the perfect resume for that, for that place and that job and they create this position for me. Or I could be demonstrating certain skills and certain traits that they find incredibly alluring, like, knowing what I want and being brave enough to go after it. That there is that element, you know, why did they create the job? I think it's more than just the resume. I I,
0: I would say the resume is is a relatively insignificant part that the what they're selecting for in choosing you is saying, hey, I like the ability for this person to reach out, to take the steps, to be clear in their vision. Yes, if your resume was really poor, then that might be like, eh, this isn't congruent with the experience that we're having. But let's say the resume is of a high standard and it matches up to everything else. They know that they can train you in whatever the experience is that you need to do in that role. But it really helps to have the belief and have the thoughts to say, you know what, I'm willing to take the actions, I'm willing to go for it. And they're like, it's, it's an attractive quality. And then that builds for the club to know that they have attractive golf pros in terms of personality, in terms of skills, that they're like, yeah, this means we're going to have a club that's thriving. This is beneficial to our members. And so they're choosing those qualities. But it took you to say, yep, I'm going to go for this.
1: Yeah, no, it's that initiative and then all those other things that you listed. And there's an authenticity to it as well. Um, you know, being vulnerable, being authentic, um, you know, putting yourself on the line, uh, putting yourself in a position where they can say no, it's, it's, it's admirable. And, you know, I think if more people just took that one little step, they would be shocked at how well they'd be received.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, it does appear that at least for some part of the world, like, the standard for, for, for what's acceptable is dropping like, if you can make basic steps and go, okay, this is what I want, and here's the action that takes me towards that, that, that skill set is unfortunately becoming rarer. It's like, oh, my goodness, what is going on in the world?
1: Well, that's it, exactly. And, and there's, um, you know, I, I guess generations gone, there's been, you know, that strong work ethic and, um, you know, doing all those little things right. And there's sort of been a, a bit of a movement away from that. Um, You know, and if you are if you are someone that's struggling in your workplace, I always think that it's a good it's a good thing to just sit down and think, what are the little things that I can do to to help this situation? So if you're sort of, you know, drowning in the, the amount of work that you're being that's being thrown at you or you're not sure if your standard is up to an acceptable, you know, it's, it's not acceptable. It, it It's kind of going back to, well, what are the little things that I can do that are right? Can I show initiative? Do I show up on time? Do I, you know, go the extra mile? Um, you know, am I there for my colleagues? Like all these little things that that I think go a long way to alleviating a lot of negative thoughts um, and particularly that loop of, you know, self-reflection and I'm, I'm not good enough or I, I, you know, I can't do this job well enough. Um, you know, I think it's always good to sort of think about the basic things that could be achieved very easily on a daily basis.
0: The becoming- to me, one of the critical skills is a choice to listen to what my negative thinking is. How aware of the stories that I tell myself, the thoughts that I have, am I? And if I can become more aware of them, then I get a choice to me about whether I follow that or not. Because often it feels like to me these these uh, negative thoughts are not random. They're not just there, uh, you know, to to limit me as a person. But to me, most likely there were experiences that happened at some point during my life that the the lesson or the story was like, hey, you need to be careful around this. Don't do this again. Don't make this mistake. You'll be punished. You'll be hurt. You will suffer. Therefore, I create the negative thought that any time that a similar situation comes up, then it's going to come up and remind me, no, no, don't do that. And it's very subconscious, typically, like when I'm not aware of it, it, it just plays out. And then I'm like, gee, that didn't happen. And one of the really interesting tools that I've had is access to this an idea of keeping my agreements. Mm-hmm. So the goal was, let's say, let's say my goal. My goal is to start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, if I'm making that as a, something that I'm going to do, that's an agreement with myself. Now, if I don't do that, there was some thought negative or or feeling or story that prevented me from doing that. Mm. And I can see, let's say that we weren't doing this at all, but I'd said to you, we're going to do the podcast. And now we are, what, 8th of February, we're a fair way past the 1st of January and there's no podcast. Mm. Then there's an opportunity for me to look at the agreement I made, start a podcast and then slow down Mm. and think about What was happening as the opportunity came to reach out to Annabelle and say, hey, do you want to do this? And instead of sending that signal to you, that sig, that I did something else, in that moment there's an- it it is typically available to me to replay and go, oh, I will be criticised. I'm not enough. I'm Mm -hmm. scared. I'm this, I'm that, these negative thoughts are coming up. And so this process of looking about what I agreed to do, what I said I was going to do, and what happened when it didn't line up, if I've got some process to slow down, have a look at that story, and then a new opportunity comes, which is to create a different story. I am enough.
1: Going back to the beginning of you know what what does what does the situation look like if you remove all the negative bias and the negative automatic yeah that yeah. is the process and then in turn you will you will the negative thoughts will subside and there's an opportunity there to keep yourself accountable and stick to the commitment instead of shirking your commitments and letting the negative automatic thoughts take over?
0: I tried something that didn't work. I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is just make no agreements. I'm not going <laughs> to choose to do anything at all. And How did that go for you? Well, it was, it was luxurious for the first little bit. A couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, this is great. I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't been out of integrity with any agreements because I haven't made any. And the problem is it led to stagnation. Like basically my life didn't go anywhere. And then still problems still started rising that forced agreements to be made. Difficulties came up. I'm like, ah, I'm going to have to make a a choice here and go, okay, this needs to be fixed. Ah, that sounds awfully like an agreement that I'm making and so there was no real way out eventually life's um uh like entropy life's general degradation caught up with this strategy but I thought I was really clever there for a while it's it didn't work
1: no I'm uh, yeah that, that's an interesting trial that you did though Tom but you know it's funny on that topic because recently I in terms of um you know being able to commit to your, um, yeah, the things that you want and that accountability because something that kind of came into my mind as, as we were speaking was uh, a podcast that I listened to. It's the only one that Jeff Bezos has done. And so, you know, Jeff obviously started Amazon and in the podcast he was asked what is the quality that makes him so successful And he said that he is, he only has one superpower. He only thinks he has one superpower and it is problem solving. So when he sits in a room with his, you know, colleagues and uh, the employees for uh, his company and there's problems, he said that when a problem's delivered to me, I can think of a hundred ways to fix it. Whereas the others in the room can maybe think of one and so what 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 stands out to me is possibly he automatically is able to drop into a place of what if there's no nothing stopping us because to be able to have a hundred ways to, to solve a problem that means that you're not thinking about any of the negative the negative outcomes that's the that's the only way in my mind that you can have 100 solutions to a problem and and I know that I my brain certainly doesn't work like that. I, I I kind of go to what are all the problems? What are all the problems first? Instead of how do I fix all the problems? If you know, there's there's and there's no negative thoughts happening like that. That's an interesting. I think that's a very interesting what he said, and I think there's a link to this conversation.
0: It. The- my experience of that, like, it's typically easy to get the first one, two, three solutions, maybe four five. And then it, when I've done these experiences, it like- it, there's a block and it's yeah. like, huh, ah, I can't think of anything else. And the mm-hmm. willingness to sit there and say, no, I just want one more solution. And then that in itself is a dissolving of the negative thoughts. In a way, it's like, oh, I, right. I, I can't think, I can't allow myself to even think of that solution because I don't have enough money or I don't have, I don't know how to do that or I don't know, I don't know, I can't. By asking that question, OK, I just want one more solution and mm-hmm. allowing it to come and letting go of the constraints and being okay that, hey, there might be physical limitations or financial limitations or whatever, but at least I can get that idea down. And sometimes that'll open to the next one or like breadcrumb down. But it's incredible how how this plays out. There's a wonderful example in $100 million offers by Alex Homozy. Now, Alex has dialed in the internet marketing world, but the exercise is to come up. I think it's like a 100. It might be a 100, it might be as many as you can. It's as many as you can in 2 minutes okay. for uses for a brick.
1: <laughs> Testing and <it> find. <laughs> <mine>. Yes.
0: <laughs> so I mean, anything and and it's a fascinating experience. Um this uh, this is on online, it's for free. It's at acquisition.com, but The usage of the brick and uh, the first time I'd recommend that you don't just go to Alex's solutions, but actually go through this experience and see how quickly you run out of ideas for uses for a brick and then perhaps go and look and go, "Oh, oh, that, oh, that, oh, that, oh, that, oh, wow, didn't think of that. That's cool. That's cool. And this sort of thinking perhaps is what Jeff is got very good at. And it's easy for me to go, well, he's the owner of Amazon. He has vast resources. But presumably on the journey to go from when Amazon was a startup to where Amazon is now, there were thousands, if not tens of thousands, problems that he has solved, either directly through his teams. Hmm. And so the skill set was there the whole time. Let's just say that it was there the whole time. I don't know whether it was, whether he worked on it. But his ability to problem solve and allow the possibilities to be there is probably why he's so successful.
1: Exactly. It's sort of like the art of achieving the impossible. And, you know, we talked at the start about making it a realistic stretch. But if people would think more like, what if, what if that was possible? And then that opens up the brain to, to thinking about things in a much more positive way and much more, um, yeah, sort of way that they feel like there is a chance of getting that job at that place or there is a chance of starting that business they've wanted to do for 10 years. There is a chance to have a happy relationship. There's so many things that people want but think, nah, it's, it's not possible. It's just not possible. Or maybe there's a way of, you know, strategizing and and thinking differently, like Jeff Bezos and and you know, just that mindset change could be enough for changes to happen.
0: Well it's very interesting that you've mentioned the word thinking. I mean the the Napoleon Hill classic think and grow rich I have heard discussions on this. It's not, you know, feel your gut and, 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 uh, and grow rich or, you know, meditate and grow rich. It's think and grow rich. But certainly I've had some, some, like, if I'm able to visualize what I want and I'm able to allow myself to believe that that's possible for me, then my experience has been that the universal life will bring me opportunities to reach that very interesting experience. And my mindset, almost like that reticular activating system in the brain that if I'm thinking about something, white Teslas, then I will see a whole lot of white Teslas. Now, that could be because there was a discount in New South Wales. But on my way home today, I counted five, none of which were my wife's. Hers was the sixth one. I'm like, geez. But nonetheless, this idea that if I'm thinking about a new car, then I'll start to see it, that the reticular activating system actually brings that in. And there could be opportunity after opportunity that I cannot see because of my negative thinking. I become Mm. aware of my negative thinking, reframe it, and suddenly it's there. I'm like, was that there the whole time? And it was. It just was my perceptual beliefs didn't allow it to come through. I had this exact experience Mm. like, all right, I'm going to work on chin-ups. We're going to install a chin-up bar in the home gym. And then I walk past and for whatever reason, I put my arm up. And I realized that our kitchen, which may not be the ideal place for chin ups, but nonetheless, there is a structural piece of wood there that's exactly the right height, exactly the right shape, exactly the right finger grip for doing chin ups. I don't know whether my wife is that excited by this development, but it was there the whole time. And I literally could have gone and bought the chin up bar and gone, yeah, great. But it was there the whole time. So I think that when when we become aware of our thoughts, that it actually changes our experience of life and becoming aware of where I'm negative thinking and continually running those negative thoughts, that is influencing my reality, even if I'm not aware of it. Change my thinking, suddenly I see a new reality.
1: Exactly. And that's a really, really clear explanation uh, around why people... Always think things are, you know, lining up, and the universe is bringing them together, or the universe is, you know, helping me here or there. It's actually not. It's just the thinking, um, and and that's a, a really nice medical explanation of what's actually happening. And I, you know, I'm big into education and understanding rather than just thinking that the universe is, you know, some sort of. It's it's more philosophical. It's it's actually you know you and your thoughts and those thoughts can create a different life different decisions different outcomes so it's that's a very powerful message that you've you've explained really nicely
0: well one one of the things that i could offer for people if they do become aware of a negative thought and they can name it then one possibility is to hold the opposite to that thought yeah. and that will cancel it out i'm not enough i am enough mm-hmm. i'm not enough i am enough and that even just the experience of thinking that i am enough i am enough then hopefully on a on a sort of waveform concept that the negative is being cancelled out and we're ending up at a state of more neutrality. And whether that over longer term, then you can replace that with more positive thoughts and I am enough becomes the dominant thought. I don't know, but at least in the beginning, if you become aware of a negative thought, then the good one to try out at least, you know, first up is just choose the opposite go with the opposite
1: reframing going with you know challenging that thought this uh i know we we don't have that much time left but i'd love to just tell tell the listeners uh a little a little bit about golf and sport psychology um you know you, you really have to embrace challenging negative thoughts especially in a golf course you've got an a long time and, and that is gonna that is gonna mean that there's time for negative thoughts to to creep in. And so there's this you know concept of challenging them and you could get really creative over the years as I sort of uh improved and and almost you know I suppose got better and better as I of at challenging these negative thoughts. Get creative with how you how I would challenge them. So it might start off as you know something like, oh, I always, I always hit it right on this hole. Here we go again. And then you, you, you challenge that by saying, today I'm going to hit a, a strong draw and end up on the left hand side. But what I, what I'd really enjoy and make it a little bit more fun. Instead of just saying that, I would imagine that somebody at home is watching me on TV and I would hear the commentators talking about me. So it's them talking about me. So in my mind it would be she likes the draw on this hole, you know, expect this to go down the left-hand side, you know, and then it would, it would continue through, you know, she's, you know. She's been hitting the ball beautifully all day and I'm imagining myself over the ball hit the ball and i'm imagining the commentators ah yep that started out that was a nice line straight down the middle uh um, you know 10 foot draw that's going to end up in an ideal position 20 feet before that bunker just left hand side and it just becomes a little bit more fun a little bit more creative so there there's there's you know it doesn't just have to be as boring as you know completely just opposing it just bring in whatever you like to to this you know challenging negative thoughts and and I used to love pretending to be listening to the commentary and pretending that I was on TV
0: <laughs> I think that, I mean there, there there's just a lot of juice in what you described there not just the opposite but hey here's a here's an opportunity to to have some fun get creative use my imagination and my suspicion is and please let us know if you get the opportunity to try this out that that experience is going to be very powerful at reframing a negative thought so also, it brings in
1: that. An, i think it brings in an opportunity not only for you for you or in this case me to challenge my thought around hitting it right but i'm almost telling myself that everyone else believes that i can do it so it's the <laughs> perception of not only do i think i can do it but pretty sure everyone else does too it's quite powerful
0: I love it. Well, that pretty much uh, brings us to the end of time. We've gone a little over our estimated 30 minutes, but I think it was worth it. Annabelle, thanks so much for today. And I hope everyone listening got a lot of value. That was a cool one. Uh, Once again, the time just goes so quick. Uh, If you uh, get some value, then please leave us a rating and uh, share up the podcast. Uh, We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and on YouTube if you want to see what we look like. Thanks so much for joining us. Annabelle, close us out with your takeaways from today's episode.
1: Takeaway is right now, stop listening to this and go and think, what if, what if this was possible? That's some homework.
0: (laughs) I love it. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Anna. I'll see you guys next week. Catch you then.
1: Bye.